often imitate imi- often imitated, rarely duplicated. I'm George Sekmanchev with Steve the Big Cat Anderson, and we're back for another Eastern Podcast episode four, season two, episode four, I think. And we just had our first edit. We didn't even really get started, and we edited it. So well, does that count? No, it doesn't. Doesn't it? Doesn't we don't edit the show? No, we don't prep much for it either, as you can tell. I'm on my phone right now, pulling up I and Sale. Well, I've got the old 15 inch MacBook Pro out here, and it's uh, it's smoking, baby. Yeah, I've got like a 17 inch Dell. So I had the oldest computer in the company, and then Andy left, and I took his, and now I still think I have the oldest computer in the company. Meanwhile, I have the state of the art MacBook Pro. All right, yeah. so. <laughs> rank has its privileges or something like that i think i just want a uh, i think i want a surface that's what i'm when i'm when this one bites the dust i'm gonna lobby for the surface you know pro. i haven't seen this firsthand but my buddy phil Nall uh works at shiboya archery over in japan we know phil yeah he he did a tweet the other day and and he tweeted 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 that he'd passed by a starbucks and was surprised to see nothing but surfaces in there i think it's i think it's the way forward well, we'll see. I've, I, I'm happy with my Mac stuff. So I'm a Mac guy at home, but here at work, I often find having. Well, I have to have Windows because you have to get on the system. Yeah, you have to get I on use the, the system that you don't. Yeah. So I need Windows capable. Uh, Jeff uses a Surface, and mm-hmm. I'm envious of it. Mm. So I think a, sur- a Surface is the way I'm going to go. Yeah, the Whittahan's son. Yeah. Once we start getting paid for this podcast, you know, from our advertisers. Oh well, they'll be throwing stuff at us left and right. Yeah, I bet. I bet we could probably just get Surface Pro people from Microsoft to just endorse the podcast, and we can probably film the podcast with our Surface Pros in front of us. You know what impressed me the other day was, um, you know, I ordered an iPhone Seven. Already? Oh, yeah. I ordered it like the day that it came out. I didn't. I didn't step till midnight or some foolishness like that. But I ordered it when I woke up that morning. I'm laughing because we had the conversation and we went, ah, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, and I then you did. ordered it the next I day. I just did. It was no big deal. So I ordered the thing and it says uh, October the 11th, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, it's, I expected that they sell out fast uh, in the first few hours because people people do stay up till midnight and stay outside the stores and all this happy right. stuff and i don't have time for that ain't got time for that so nobody <laughs> nobody got time for that except uh, it seems like a lot of people so um <laughs> i get this notice yesterday it's it's going to be here this week nice under promising over delivering once that's again that's the way to do it i'm impressed so uh that's actually happened before though yeah i think it's their normal thing so my uh i always do it upon phone renewal time with my contract yeah so that's that's where i'm at now so. yeah usually the week before we go to vegas i get a new phone which is kind of cool because you know you you wear a battery out in about two years so and vegas is is just torture on battery so i go to vegas with a new phone every other year and the battery lasts the whole time there it's you awesome. go see it priorities yeah in my case i uh, i noticed that my battery life i've got the uh the surfboard you know the freaking uh giant phone the six right. whatever six plus and uh, I just noticed my my battery started tanking. You know, just just started tanking. So it's, ain't nobody it's got time. time for that either. Exactly. All right. Hey, you want to talk archery here uh, in the few minutes you've got before you got to fly out of here? So um, we got a couple of big events, back to back big events. Yes. In fact, uh, we were talking to our buddy Dean Alberga today. <laughs> I, I don't know how the man packs. He, he's got to write a travel book when he gets done with all this. I. Uh because he's going directly, I, he's going directly to the World Cup final, and then from there directly to World Field Championship. It, it beats the hell out of going to Rio for like twenty eight cumulative days, where he just got did. back from. Yeah, 
where he had guns pulled on him. Yeah. Did you hear the story? Yeah. Oh my word. He said there was like a little mini war in the streets in yeah, one of the like, favelas. Yeah, and 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 the boys from World Archery, Dean among them, um, found themselves confronted at gunpoint, I which guess, is kind of spooky. I guess military police thought they were someone they weren't. Yeah. Dean did the right thing, though. He put his credential out the window first, and then his other hand. And I guess it worked out okay, or we wouldn't be talking to him. Spooky stuff. But, uh, you know, such such it goes. Yep. We are um, just a few days away from the start of the World uh, Field Championship, so how's practice been going for you? Um, it's uh, been doing a lot of work trying to figure out what site i'm gonna what scope i'm gonna use yeah we talked about that some yeah. today still still working that out and i think I, I i just went and practiced for an hour literally um so i shot for an hour and i'm gonna go back to just a dot i've no. been trying to use an up pin with a fiber which is great if it's if you're in a dark target dark conditions but which you could be yeah but my ability to aim with a fiber and a post is not nearly what it is with just a dot just so, the dot hanging out there in space yeah and i you know i believe it, i think you always in field it's give and take with the scope setup so this is what i feel gives me the best setup there's nothing perfect i haven't found anything perfect uh, uh, the perfect would be a drilled lens with you know like a 19000s fiber the problem with that is rarely do you get a good drill hole on the lens it either doesn't hold the fiber tight enough so the fiber doesn't stick you don't want to glue it in there because you have to change it out yep yeah and i don't like a a fiber i want just a like a hard stick of fiber about an inch long Uh, i don't want to run one down because then it's just like a a post and a pin yeah yeah, it goes right back to the original problem so i have uh i i did an order yesterday from lancaster i next day aired it just got in another uh another lens for a different scope that does have a a hole drilled in that's not the one we were looking at earlier today nope okay nope so i'll I'll have some options when i get there but with what i was just shooting i feel pretty good about it okay so all right yeah good stuff all right so it's it's just nothing nothing is someday someday i will find nirvana in the scope setup I i have i have awesome setups that i love that work great for indoor and outdoor but for field, I haven't found anything I like. Do you happen to know what diopter scope you're running? Yeah, six two on a, so it's like a five power. And you're not using a clarifier or anything like that. No. So last time I shot world field, I used a a five zero a four power, and I shot that at trials as well. And it's it's reliable. I know I know I can go back to that. So the the lens I got in today is a four power, but I prefer the five power just because at sixty meters. I feel I can aim a little finer with that five power. I can, I can, it just blows up the target a little better. And at 20 meters as well. Those are the two hard ones. But, uh, oh, what was I going to say about that? Oh, I, I considered running two different, uh, sites off the same bow, one for unmarked day. And then it's just, you know, the first of five or six days of shooting. And then I was just going to switch to my old reliable scope that I use for outdoor target and reading and roll with that. And I still may do that. I have time. I'm getting there a couple of days early, and I have a range to shoot at, so I can go get some good sight tapes built and figure out different sight setups if I need to. But right. it's ideal just to keep one on there, you know, and and have it for the long haul. And I think I think with what I have, I can make it work. So I have a, a shrewd 35 millimeter, 
and for unmarked day i needed a you know the full 35 millimeters for mark day i have a, a reducer that has essentially a tri-colored ring so i can drop it down to 29 millimeters and home in on that center yes and, and tighten up that scope a little bit and and that's kind of what I prefer. I prefer a little. And that still that still lets you be mindful of which dot you're on in the quad and which dot you're on with the birdies. Yeah, that's you know, knock on wood, never been a problem. I tend to come down on them and and see where I'm at. But this this one, if it it, it makes the most sense in my mind that it'll work, I just gotta go find out now. It'd All be right. nice if we had a field course, you know, like 20, 30 minutes from here. I could go shoot every night. But no, technically, we kind of do. But you got to make your own. Yeah. So <clears throat> when I was shooting fields a lot more than I am now, I'd go up in the um, Big Cottonwood Canyon mm-hmm. uh, with portable targets. Yep. Jay and Janet Bars and I would go up there, and the three of us would rotate. We would uh, take a rangefinder. One of us would uh, walk off at a you know unknown distance while we had our backs turned. Um, so let's just say Jay and I were preparing to shoot. Janet would take the target. She'd walk it either up or down. On this uh, trail that isn't commonly used, right? So you know, so you're safe. not going to shoot anyone. Yeah. Plus, it's national forest, so it's legal to shoot there. Right. And um, you know, she'd uh, range us, so she knew the she distance. She knew you're within the range. Yeah, within the range for the right target. Um, and these are ethafoam targets, so they weren't that hard to carry. We had them fitted with backpack straps. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, it was handy, and um, so it was custom range. Every shot was different. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, that that was great. So if you can get three, it works best with three people. It doesn't work so good with two. No. But with three people, it's great because, uh, you know, you you take your shots, then you compare notes, and then you find out from the person that placed the target what it really was, and yeah. you go on. You rotate through that, and it really works well from the standpoint of a, a streamlined training regimen for a field. Yeah, that would have been a, a good thing to do. I was... I don't know. You've got a list of good reasons why you weren't able to, <laughs> was, including moving into a new house. Congratulations. Yeah, that's you and kind Linda. Of been, I've been up till you know, midnight every night trying to just manage everything. Well, so. that's just reality sometimes. Yeah, it, it's Actually, it's fine. going to World Field will be a relief for you a little I, bit. I almost feel that way, yeah. yeah. I, I'm getting there a couple of days early. I, I planned on this, you know, as soon as I made the team. I thought I know kind of where my life's going to be at at that point. So I said, let's uh, – Let's get in on a Friday. Have Saturday, Sunday to dial things in. I mean, if I if I have four hours, I can pretty much I could strip down a bow and start over for sure, know, and and get everything working right. So with two full days, not your first confident. time at the rodeo. Yeah, I feel pretty confident I can make it work. I don't think you're going to find the pizza that you were able to find in Croatia. I don't. Yeah, that's probably for the best. I mean, I agree. I, I should probably just lay off the pizza for Fair a couple months. Hey, moving on to uh, the subject now of uh, the next big event after World Field, or excuse me, the next Prior. big event before World Field. Yeah. And that is, of course, the World Cup final. 14 countries China, Colombia, Croatia, Denmark, Italy, India, Korea, Mexico, Netherlands, South Africa, Russia, Chinese Taipei, Turkey, and the USA sending uh, teams. No country. Uh, appears to have a complete sweep of each category. Am I wrong about that? Yeah, I think I'm right about that. On what? What? I don't think we have. Oh, like where someone we had don't two have, athletes. Yeah, we don't have no. two in each category. So no, because there's no Korean compounders. Yeah, yeah, that's right. There aren't, and uh, and so it's going to be it's going to be anybody's. I mean, it's a mixed bag, and and some of these folks are coming from the Olympic Games. 
Um, yeah, you know, I, I, quite a few. A recurver, I think the I whole Korean team, the whole down. Korean team, is there. Um, Choi Misun, Kibo Bay, Kim Woo Jin, Ku Bon Chan, the Olympic champion. So, um, you know, that's that's some heavy hitters. And um, also, Netherlands sending their best. South Africa sending Seppi. Netherlands is sending uh, Mr. Perfect Mike Schlusser, as well as Inga Van Kaspel and Chef Van Den Berg on the recurve side. And then uh, Chinese Taipei, Tanya Ting, number one with a bullet in the women's recurve ranking. So let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about the rankings a little bit. We're going to start out with the recurves, and we've got, as I mentioned, we've got Tanya Ting, who's representing for Chinese Taipei, um, and you know, just a lot of experience. Uh, she's a winner of many events at many different places around the world, and she's uh, number one ranked fifth at the Rio Olympic Games. Uh, the only recurve woman to medal at all three stages of the World Cup Tour this past season, by the way. And, of mm. course, that's because the top Korean team only attended two stages. But still, super impressive. Yeah. Uh, Tan's, uh, you know, it's amazing to me. She's 22 years old. And it seems like she's been around forever. But the reason is because she's been dominating ever since she was a junior shooter. You know, I mean, cadet, yeah. in fact. And so, um, you know, she's been a regular on the circuit for seven years now which is amazing at the age of 22. Yeah. Makes her a veteran. It's her first trip to the final, though, and uh, she's shooting really well. The uh, defending champion of the um, World Cup is Choi Misun, who I'd originally tagged for Olympic champion, but she had a disappointing Olympics, of course, gold medal in the team round. Yeah. Nothing to sneeze at. First first place individual seed. Um. Ranked number one in the world still. Did you know that? I did. Yeah. So yep. uh, she's won 88% of her matches lifetime, according to World Archery, and uh, has been undefeated through the two World Cup stages that she attended in 2016 in team, mixed team, and individual competition. Nobody's beaten her. So she's ranked second. Uh, you got Ksenia Perova going. Uh, Ksenia uh, representing Russia, of course, and uh, she won an individual medal in Antalya, finished second to Choi. So that that's what's sending her to the World Cup in Denmark. Uh, the popular Kibo Bay uh, is going to be ranked uh, fourth in this group of powerful recurve women. She's got four Olympic medals now, three of them gold, two games appearances, and maybe one of the greatest Korean recurve women in history. You know, um, you know. With yeah, you got to put her there. A couple exceptions, but yeah, there's definitely she's in the top three. I would say right. Yeah, now. she holds the world record. She's got three Olympic golds. Yeah, one individual. Yeah. Yep. Fourth time she's, she's been in the. Uh, Fourth time she's been in the World Cup final. So, pretty impressive. Gwendolina Sartori, um, who had a disappointing fourth-place finish in the team round at the Games. She's uh, continuing her impressive form and uh, made the last eight of the last two stages of the Tour in 2016. Shooting solid. Wu Jiaxing of China is the first time at the uh, at the World Cup final she's 19 years old um and she is that makes her the youngest uh, among the entire recurve women's group silver medalist in medellin uh was enough to give her the point she's never lost a shoot off she's been in mm. four shoot offs and has never lost one according to the helpful comment there from uh, from chris at world archery yeah um and then we've got uh tiana dasdorzieva of russia who's uh, seventh right now and um she won a silver at the 2016 European Championship, uh, which was in Nottingham, England. It's her first World Cup final, second World Cup season. She's only just become a senior uh, shooter in 2015, so 
solid performance potential there. Maya Yeager of Denmark is eighth right now. Yeah, she got uh, the auto seed. Yep, Did the, not earn her way in. The but, home country yep. seed. And I'm pretty sure I've seen her. She was 2013 world champion. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, um, And 2015 finished second at the European Games and, um, you know, didn't qualify for Rio. No, they didn't earn a which spot. Which was a bit of a surprise there. Men or women. She could she could do she could be an upset at her yeah. home at this home event. Yeah, I if I was going to make a prediction here, I would say she will beat Tanya Ting in the first round. Wow. Maybe not. No. No, I wouldn't make that one. I I think But she you could. could be right. She could. You I th- could. I almost think if if she were away from home, it would be easier. Yeah, I'll accept that. Um, but you know, I um, think either way, my prediction mm-hmm. goes: Kibo Bay and Choi Mi Soon in the final. I'll just say this: I won't be surprised if we see something special from Maya. We'll see if that happens. Yeah, maybe shoot off. I'm picking uh, Choi Mi Soon to win. Okay, that's low hanging fruit from the standpoint of a safe be- safe bet. Yeah, safe well, bet. Maybe I should actually bet on it. You know who was killing the bets during the Olympics? We're not betting. Chris White. We're not betting. <laughs> there are no, there's no betting taking place here. I uh, I don't expect to do a whole lot of work with world archery in the future, but if I ever do, I don't want to out on my conscience. So. Yeah, there you go. All right. Uh, okay. You want to talk lie. about the uh, Chris White was killing it. I'll bet he was. I don't know if he listens. Yeah. All right. I I'm I'm hoping Tom Dillon doesn't listen. All right. <laughs> Next, you want to talk about the uh, compound women now? Yeah. Let me go find it here. All right. Uh, so first, I'll just read them off one through eight. Go right ahead. First seed, Sarah Sonicson, Denmark. Second, Crystal Govan, USA. Third, where's third? Marcella Tonioli, Italy. Fourth, Inga Van Caspel, Netherlands. Fifth, Yassine Bostan, Turkey. Sixth, Lily Poanam, India. Seventh, Dahlia Crook. And eighth, Erica Anir. So we were talking about that. We Dahlia showed, Crook's in. Yeah. We thought that because Denmark had the number one. And these seed, are the Ian brackets here, right? Yeah. But we thought they wouldn't be rewarding another auto qualifier eight seed to denmark that's kind of weird yeah maybe we, they we changed that. that rule well maybe i mean you know um uh, denmark's obviously got uh, or maybe erica made it through uh no i guess not nope the next one up so notable missing there is sarah lopez right she uh she popped out of this she decided not to go she yeah last week made an announcement that she wouldn't be there um i'm hearing it's an injury shoulder maybe yeah so that's what i'm hearing let's hope it's not something else i mean she's also in the middle of medical school too yeah injury is you know at least you can rehab and come back from that you know something else could only be worse i'm thinking hope she's uh, doing well and enjoying uh columbia this time of year which yeah so should be pretty nice so yeah uh, so sarah versus erica for the first pass sarah yeah yeah it's uh, Sarah Sonicson versus Erica Anir for the first pass. Erica now representing Denmark, of course. She used to be, some of you may go, huh? She used to represent Australia. And then, um, so one of the two Danes is going out in the uh, quarterfinal. Yeah, and that's an interesting one because although Sonicson is, you know, over time the stronger shooter, she has a, she's a command shooter, mm-hmm. and you never know what you're going to get out of that. No, that's so. true. It could Erica's be. a pretty solid shooter. Yeah, Erica's um, going to give you, you know, a steady performance. Could be a surprise. Could could make uh, Erica into the semifinals, but I won't be surprised to see Sarah take it uh, into the finals. I wouldn't either. Okay, then you've got uh, Yassine Bostan, the uh, former junior world champion, mm-hmm. versus Inga Van Caspel of Netherlands. Inga um, acquitting herself pretty well at the World Cup indoor in the past. and uh, uh, Yeah, and she won Vegas. Yeah, and, yeah. 
Vegas winner, and uh, that's going to be a good experience for her. Marcella Tonioli, nobody to mess with. She is, you know, world champion. She's she's a great competitor, terrific personality. Yeah. She's uh, fun to be around. Marcella uh, is going to be a tough opponent for Lily Palanam of India. Yeah, Marcella finally had like a breakthrough, you know, individually. She had had so much success in mixed team with Sergio. And finally this year she had a third in uh, Medellin. So I, I think she could – I think she'll be – Could be on a positive trajectory. Yeah. I, I'm going to go out and say it, and this this is me betting against my compatriots, but I'm going to say Marcella in the gold medal match. Because what's going to happen is Marcella is, um, quite frankly, very likely to beat Lily and then find herself up against either Dahlia Crook of the United States or Crystal Galvin of the United States. Right. I think Crystal's experience in this kind of situation is going to be helpful to her. Yeah, agreed. Um, They're both really good shooters. So at the sa- on the same token, though, Dahlia has been on the USA men's practice plan. So the Braden Galantine, Steve Anderson practice plan, which is uh, don't shoot for three weeks, play golf, and then pick up your bow and get ready. <laughs> and who knows? That might just work. All right. Yeah, we'll see. I, I yeah, I think so. Dahlia's right. a golfer. Yeah, apparently she hits the ball pretty far. Poor, poor, poor soul. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I think I'm going to go with you, Crystal's experience. Well, you know, and this will be great experience for both ladies. Unfortunately, they're going up against each other in quarterfinals. Right, so. and one of them's going to be – it's kind of going to be a, an emotional high for that match. So then they go up against what we're going to predict to be Marcella, and Marcella's going to sneak on through. I, I think. think you and I agree, Marcella, for this one. Compound men. The compound men's category has some heavy hitters. Um, we've got uh, Mike Schlusser of Netherlands, Mr. Perfect. Yep. He's going to be up against Martin Damsbo of Denmark, who is the uh, the home he crowd. Was, uh, he was actually the eighth seed, though. The favorite son, yeah. as it were. So he, he, but he, he made earned, it straight. Yeah, he, he earned, earned that, that spot. spot. Yeah. So Martin's in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sergio Pagni versus Domagach Budin. I'm going to suggest that Sergio might do this, but Domagach can come out of nowhere with good scores, too. Yeah, and that's the four seed in the five seed. Uh-huh. So. Yeah, that's going to be well-matched. I think uh, but so Sergio, Sergio's got you know he's got two of these under his belt. Beyond that, Sergio never. I don't think he'll give you a. I mean, gold medals from this. You know. Yeah, I don't think Sergio's going to step out and and drop one fifty on someone, but I do think he's going to step out and not shoot bad. Shoot enough. He's going to shoot a steady match. Move on. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Domagoj, who knows? You know, he could he could go out and throw down, or he could go out and. I've be seen a him do both. Yeah. I've seen him do both, and uh, you know, I've seen him move. A lot further along in the rankings than I might have expected in the past, and so yeah, I, and I've seen him, you know, not not do so well. So he had we'll a couple see. good. I mean, he had a, I think one trip to the finals this year, and then uh, you know another solid result. And this was kind of a year where if you made a final, if you made a bron- uh, like a, a gold match or something like that, you were in. You know the. Uh, I personally think if Domagoc can get consistency down, he'll be the next great Croatian shooter. You know. Yeah, he'll, yeah. There have been some others a, in the past that have done really well, and he's he's on that list. Yeah, he told me like two years ago he wanted to be a pro archer, like the guys from the USA. That's well, what he said. He's you know? he's on a trajectory yeah, to make he, that. He dream works. Happen. He works hard for it. Okay. Speaking of pro archers, we've got the Honey Badger, Rio Wild, up against Evren Kajeran of Turkey. Yeah, I don't know Evren. Evren was the guy who. Okay, so the two Turkish guys made it to the gold medal match in. Antalya, and neither of them had ever been like past the you know one eights. So this is where legs are shaking and yes, got it. And uh, it was whoever they knew at this point. Whoever wins is in. Whoever loses does not make the final. 
you know, because 21 points or whatever you get for second wasn't enough. I think you needed 24. And this final match, and I'm just going to say this, this is either going to be brilliant or ugly. I really don't know which way it's going to go. <laughs> We've got Seppi uh, Siliers, our good friend from the Republic of South Africa, versus Demir Emagakli Elmo from Turkey. I have no idea because I've seen Seppi shoot brilliantly and I've seen Seppi just self-combust at the World Cup, but yeah. mostly in bad weather. Um, and I've seen Demir. Well, we know about Demir. I mean, Demir yeah. had the uncontrollable leg shake going on at the uh, last time he found himself in a gold medal match. Yeah, I'm going to wear a Team Seppi shirt this week, and I actually think he's going to win the whole thing. Wow. Yep. All right. You know what? Nothing would make me happier than to see Seppi on the top podium step. Text Seppi right now. He's a good guy. I won't tell him. They're all good that. guys, but, you know, Seppi is a, is a good personal friend, and I think that uh, it's his time. But. Looking at this objectively, I think it's going to get. Uh, I think it's going to come down to Sergio and Rio. That's me. That's what I think. That, that's yeah. It's a good. I think the gold medal There's round will be Sergio fruit. versus Rio. It's not quite as low hanging as picking Choi Me Soon, but no, but it, but it, it's realistic. <laughs> <laughs> so no offense to any of our friends. So we got to go. Uh, what are we, recurve men now, right? Uh, yeah, let's switch over to the recurve men. You know this one. This one is the who's who of, of really high-level archery. We got Kuban Chen. Hmm, just came off some minor event down in Brazil that uh, won him a gold medal. And he's up against um, Johan Weiss of Denmark. Johan, take this as a great learning experience because, my friend, I think you're going out in nine arrows. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, prove me wrong, please. I the mean, only advantage he might have is that Ku has just been back home living it up. I would just love to see what the Koo, Danish... <laughs> Ku hasn't slept yeah. since he got back yeah. from Rio. I would just love <laughs> to see what the Danish crowd chance. does if Johan takes out the Olympic champion. Can you imagine? Oh, I don't know if they'll appreciate it for what it is. Oh, but they'll... St- I bet they do. Oh, uh, you know man. what? The last time I did an event in Denmark um, as the announcer was a World Cup final in Copenhagen. And the crowd was enormous, and they really enjoyed it. So this uh, the Danish archery crowd, they know their stuff. They know what they're seeing. And if, if Johan manages to beat Kuban Chen, oh, my word, that's going to be fun. <laughs> Meanwhile, you got Kim Woo Jin and Chef Van Den Berg. Chef, did you ever figure out what happened to Chef's eye? Yeah, he there? was uh, – yeah, I, I talked to him immediately. He was puking, and he had a blood that's vessel That's what I burst. thought. Yep. That is what I thought. So, Chef, for those of you who didn't see the match, Chef was shooting with one eye from 1974, Linda Blair, the exorcist, and a normal eye. And unfortunately, his aiming eye was the one that had the broken blood vessel. I don't think it impaired him too much, though. Did it? No, he was fine. Um, Just didn't look good on camera, that's for sure. Yeah. He was, uh, yeah, I don't know what got him sick, but, you know, there's any number of Well, there's of any number of opportunities. Yeah, so. And, and by the way, it doesn't matter if you're going to Brazil or, or Boston, you can pick something up. So yeah, and his photo went viral. You know, like uh, yeah. like Brady with uh, you know Leonardo. It was oh, yeah. it was Chef the Bionic Man. Yeah, and and people legitimately thought it was a, a like replacement a, eye or something. It was it was like an implanted device to help with vision. Oh and Help with aim. No, I, I recognized it as soon as I saw it because I had that happen to me about twenty years ago. Yeah, it takes forever to go away. It's pretty gnarly. Okay, uh, Wei Chung Heng of Chinese Taipei finds himself up against Zach Garrett of the United States of America, and I. I'm pretty sure Zach's going to bring it. Yeah. That that will be uh I don't know. Zach Zach went to Hawaii after the Olympics and then he skipped out on Buckeye. So Ooh. maybe he's like maybe maybe he needed that so he could ramp it back up for this, but 
I guess we'll see. I don't know. We don't, yeah. we don't have a track record. I don't with Zach know what to Zach's know. doing. Yeah, we don't have a track record to know what's going to happen here. It's hard. Well, Wei Chung Heng is not going to be a pushover. I know that. Yeah, I, I. And he's ranked third, so we don't have a track record with him either. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know him. Like, what's he doing? Does he go to Hawaii? You know, Probably not. So. <laughs> okay, yeah. Ernesto Boardman of Mexico finds himself up against the American bronze medal winner. Brady Ellison. Yeah, and I think Brady's going to bring the heat. Yeah. I think... It, Plus, I, he's using this as prep before... He, I'm sure he's going directly from this to the world field. Yes. So, I'm going to say this is, again, not a bold prediction. No. Kim Woo Jin probably busted his hump after, you know, the disappointment at the Olympics. And Brady's oh, yeah, I Brady's know. ready. So. How do you like setting a world record and then not making it past the second round? Yeah, so Kim Kim and Brady in the final, and I think uh, I think Brady takes it. I can't say I don't know, but I will say that I think you're probably right about that bracket. I think Brady has every every opportunity to take it. He's done this twice. He's mm-hmm. won this World Cup final twice. Why not a third time? Yeah, he's been like six or seven right? times in a twice row. Twice or three times now. I think it's three times. I think you're right. So okay. Yeah. Three times. So our prediction is Brady Allison. I think For that completes. Does that complete everything? Or did we did we miss anybody? That's it. So that's going to be um, live streaming on the World uh, Archery Archery dot org uh, Archery dot TV thing, and you'll be able to follow what happens in Odense, basically Copenhagen. Yeah, it's about an hour, I guess, from Copenhagen by yeah. train. Yeah. So. So it'll be a little different, hopefully a little warmer than uh, what we ran into, and but probably not. Seems when July bold, was bold when July things. was cold. <laughs> September is going to be interesting. This uh, just thinking about this, you know, in World Field, we aren't expected to have a temperature over sixty-two degrees. So like fourteen Celsius. This could be nasty. It. I'm seeing twenty-plus mile an hour wind every day. In Denmark or in in uh, Ireland. Oh. Wow. Yeah. I think Odense is going to be about the same. They're not that far away. Well, any place with windmills. Yeah. So, um, it seems to me that we're going to see, uh, you know, this is going to be sort of a powerhouse of uh, the last gasp, as it were, but <laughs> right after this, it seems, right? Obviously, you got the world field. And then, what do you basically have a month to get ready if you want to go to Marrakech? A month and a half? Yeah, you got a couple. Marrakech is like Thanksgiving weekend. There's also the Kings of Archery, Kings of Archery event in uh, in uh, the Netherlands. Yeah, Sonder which replaces the old uh, Concordia event. I'm not familiar with the Concordia. Oh well, the, the I can't remember what they call it now. But I shot it many times, and I face can't to remember. face, face to face. Thank you. Yeah, it's kind of a replacement for that. It's a different. It's a different much different format. Yeah, yeah it's a. Uh, it's a Vegas format, essentially. Right, right. Um, but, you know, it's it's essentially occupying the slot that that event used yeah, to have. Yeah, kind of, yeah. So. Sonder keeps it... Uh, Sonder Dolderman's running this yeah, one. Yeah, it's his tournament. He keeps it to a limited number of people, and um, I see a lot of coverage about it. It looks like a lot of fun. Like, uh, it's one of those where I really wish I could attend because it, uh, and I say this in in the most sincere way, it's not one of those tournaments where you feel like it's overly meaningful. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a tournament for fun. You know, Absolutely, there's no ranking on the line. There's no and and you know after the kind the of line. season that you've been through, I think you could use a couple of those. Yeah, it's nice to have a few tournaments where you're you're oh. literally just shooting the bow to enjoy. But it. it's still probably going to be a super high quality tournament. It will be. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we uh, 
we have about 10 minutes left before Steve's got to go catch a uh, trip here. So we are going to uh, jump into our Facebook page where the, our, our kind listeners have posted some, uh, some questions for us. Do you see this first one here from, from Vinny in Australia? It says here, for Stephen GUT, would you like to come down to Australia for the Australian Open in March 2017? I've decided on behalf of the Australian archery community to make you both honorary Aussies. So um, that's an awfully tempting thing, but I see that you told them already we would love to come, but corporate set our appearance fee way too high, which might I think, actually... <laughs> I think Nate wrote that. I don't think it's that we have a... Oh, did he? Did he write that? No, but that's what's where I'm going with. But that's, that's a good excuse. Yeah. However... Uh, I'll tell you what, I'd love to go back to Australia. Me too. And um, No, I've never been. <laughs> okay, well, I'd love to go back to Australia. <laughs> I'd love, to, love go to go to Australia. To, you'd enjoy it. I send my sister there um, every year for her birthday, uh, you know, because i got frequent flyer miles at the wazoo. So um, my sister, the actress, she <laughs> she loves Australia, thinks it's awesome. So, um, so let's see here. Are we going to make Contour CS side rods? Shannon Turner wants to know. And the answer is, guess what? We've had Contour CS side rods for... Yeah, I responded to that one. ...quite a while. So uh, we do have those. Thank yeah, you been, for they've been in retail for, for like a month or more. Yeah, uh, actually yeah. early July. Yeah, so yeah, they are available. Um, Rahaf Izanwan wants to uh, say thank you to everyone at Easton for making arrows, uh, great arrows in the X7 Eclipse, which he likes, his questions. Um, he, he pitched us a good question in the last podcast when he wanted to know what we thought about Barabo in world archery events ah. so following up he wants to know do you think the number of near equivalent classes in asa ibo nfa and ifaa competitions recurve unaided traditional bow hunter recurve to name a few can be a good indicator in measuring the interest and potential number of competitors for barebow class in world archery competitions i'm going to say that the reason all of these people shoot in these individual little categories in nfaa is because a silver bowl is available to each one of these little tiny categories. And if you step up to, with all due respect, the uh, the world of world archery, which is a little more, shall we say, straightforward, you know, uh, yeah. you're going to find that suddenly you're in a much bigger pond. And I don't know what that's going to do to the motivation of some people. I don't. But I have no idea whether it's a good indicator or not because, again, what's the motivation for those people who are in those other types of competitions the other thing is and and again with all due respect i think that there's a number of people shooting in some other organizations who are shooting with uh, maybe a little bit of a beer in their system or maybe they're on a on a you know a, a beta blocker or something without having gone through the process with wada to get the therapeutic use exception the tue right how many of those people would be turned away right because you've got to put up with doping control yeah. at world archery events. Yeah, exactly. So, again, I, the... And these classes that, to me, seem more recreational, right. they have a lot of people who may not even have any idea that, you know, their they're over their regular prescription pills they take for, you know, blood pressure or whatever aren't allowed. I guess this is one way of saying, if you enjoy shooting barebow, be careful what you ask for. Because if you ask for a category at world archery level and you are somebody who enjoys it because it's fun or because of social camaraderie or whatever and <laughs> and you know it it might it might turn into something different yeah that's all we're saying so yeah and it again i mean i don't want to feel like we are 
dogging on Barebo, but I also don't no. want to feel like we're getting you know loaded questions directed at us. It, it's just a matter of th- there are maybe you look at NFA and say that is a recreational type of archery. It's yeah. not a yeah. it's got a professional class, but it's not you know, again the biggest problem yeah. is space, right? You just there's no space at a world championship right now for another category. It's just not going to happen. Do you remember how wide the field was in Copenhagen? It's gigantic. It was enormous, ridiculous, and it's hard to find venues that big. And it's easier to find them than it used to be because you don't need to get 90 meters anymore. Right, and to accommodate that many targets. I mean, go ask any tournament organizer how easy it is to make money. It's yeah. impossible. Yeah. You know, they don't – I hate to say it, but there's a, a number of people – you know, we haven't even touched on the subject of Neem and the price increase at Neem. There's a number of people who I've talked to behind the scenes who said, yeah, I totally agree with it. I don't know how they make any money as it is right now. And, you know, they say, we got offered uh, an indoor World Cup and it's nowhere, the, the money you get to host it is nowhere near what it takes to to uh, run the event, obviously. I think some people have no idea how much it costs to run one of these things. No, and each competitor just adds to the cost. You know, I've run into a situation recently where it was brought to my attention that one of our staff shooters made some comments on another public forum um, regarding the registration money that's paid to USAT events and how he felt that uh, that money was not appropriately going to shooters, and I don't (laughs) think he has any idea what it costs to run a tournament. I don't think so. It's, uh, yeah, it's not, you're not just worried, you know, hey, we got to rent this soccer field for the weekend. They've just no idea, you know. Uh, I'll say this one last question here from Rahafazan. Why is there no FMJ equivalent for target applications? Any technical reasons behind it? Stay tuned is all I'm going to say. Oh, look at that. I didn't see that question. Why, yes. So stay tuned. Yeah, it won't be long. Oh, you're going to like what we got coming up. All right, so. This one's for you, Steve. Um, and, and we've actually talked about this before, but I think it bears mention again. Mm-hmm. This is from Tom Ashton. And um, have we considered using, have you specifically, Steve, considered using thicker, possibly lighter arrows for field, such as light speeds, uh, just to catch a six ring? Is there a minimum arrow speed you try and achieve regardless? And what do you do to achieve it if this is the case? Yeah, for using a larger diameter arrow, yes, I have considered it. Um, it probably would have got, a, uh, a fair shot this year I was going to try the hex which is uh, an even lighter version just slightly smaller diameter than the light speed and I was going to give those a shot but given that the wind in Ireland is going to be upwards of 15 miles an hour every day I went with small diameter arrows so I, I don't know what the course is like there I don't know if we're in the trees or if we're going to be exposed I certainly expect it's going to be a mix of both so I went with the uh, uh, smaller diameter I actually have a, an experimental pro tour. Yes. Now. Yeah. So that's what I'm. That's what I am trying. Well, you can tell people what it is. Yeah, it's just a pro tour. It's a three forty. Three forty spine pro tour. Yep. Yeah. But it's and it'll uh, be introduced in October. Yep. So I have uh, some of the first ones rolled up and going to be shooting those. That'll be a good test. So that's why there's not going to be labels on your arrows. Yeah, but if if I knew I was in the trees, I would have no hesitation to shoot. Slightly larger diameter arrow for for world field because it's only three arrows. You start shooting four arrows at a you know a quad at fifteen meters, it gets kind of hairy. Or or even twenty five meters and or thirty meters and putting three in the six ring can be difficult. You know. I, yeah, you might be better off with a smaller arrow just from the standpoint of damage. Not it, to mention 
Yeah, yeah. damage and deflection and all that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, he wants to know what we carry on a field course that isn't shooting specific. For example, backpack chair filled with stuff. Um, I'll, I'll start first here. I always have, and I know this sounds stupid, I've never used this stuff for myself, but I've got a repair kit that has a torch, mm-hmm. hot melt, epoxy, super glue, a spare string, a spare string, serving, uh, every every small tool you can imagine. I still keep it under five pounds. Right. You know, say two kilo. But... Um, <coughs> As I said, I, I remember one time I was shooting a World Field Trials in Spokane, Washington with my good friend Joe McGlynn. Joe had a downhill, well, we all did, had a downhill shot on a bunny that required, well, let's just say if you dropped the arrow, you'd be able to hit the target. Right. He shot one shot. His entire stabilizer assembly came out of the base ferrule on his extender and followed the arrow down took a tumble down and the hit hill. the target in fact so uh using that hot melting torch we got him back up and running yeah you can reasonably adhere one back together absolutely yeah it's not a full-time thing got him through the tournament yeah it'll make it through got him through the tournament so you can get to some epoxy and yeah. clean it out uh zippo lighter you know that's, yeah. that's charged with fluid because a zippo lighter burns with a softer flame if you need to if you need to burn off a thread or something Some like that serving yeah that's yeah. usually something sharp a knife direct you know flame. Uh, just a, a vitorinox knife something good you know and uh, and that's it for me any thoughts uh, pretty much the same so i try to make sure i have so we have some killer tools i'm going to product plug right here but clint or whoever sourced our wrenches did a great job so the stubby wrenches are awesome they have good especially sh- for compound yeah they have good sharp edges so they don't round out bolts uh the fold-up set so i bring the i bring all three there's a an orange and a black which is a large and an extra large or regular and large whatever and then we have the gray you need the one. black one if you want to manipulate bolts on a hoyt for example yeah or small small like a fifty thousandth wrench um then i bring the gray one which has symmetric and it has a flat blade allen uh wrench and number of other things so those are good um carry those like you said i i, I bring like a spare d-loop spare blades um in the past i bring a spare lens you never know what's going to happen out there and then obviously you know like a cliff bar or two or three um depending on how long the day is going to be yeah and one thing i'm packing for ireland I got a uh, an Under Armour storm material bucket hat. Okay. So if it starts raining, you know, I'll have my my waterproofs, as they would say over there. And uh, if it starts raining, I'll throw on that that hat. What too. is your uh, What is your strategy for lenses and rain? Um. Well, I've got a a big sunshade on mine right now, so that'll help keep uh, some of the rain off, and then a. a Big plastic bag is kind of the way to go. You don't want a small one. It, it traps air. You want circulation going through there. You want to cover it with that plastic bag, but you want air to circulate so it doesn't fog the lens. Um, if you have to, just pour water, like a room temperature water, on the lens. Uh, and then if you have one available, a little air puffer is kind of nice, too. It can blow off the the uh, small water dots that you get on there that look a lot like a sight dot yeah that's a that's a much better idea i think than using the spray can full of uh you know spray co2 or whatever, because that yeah. stuff can chill the lens and then you got a fogging problem on top yep. of it 
<clears throat> and sometimes if you get the fluid coming out of it, you can really wreck the coating on the Yeah, lights. you just blur it up. Yeah. Um, we're just about out of time. This is We're going to have to truncate this just a bit because you've got to catch your, uh, your appointment there. But um, did you see this last item here from Andy? I saw it. I, I, I'm not sure what the deal is. His buddy, who he mentioned, Vinny, liked it. So we're going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look up Vinny. I, I think Andy's bought us lunch. I think Andy Although bought us lunch. As we record this, it's almost five o'clock in the afternoon. But uh, we'll, we'll take him up on We might just do after, on the next podcast. It'll work out for his buddy. It's good advertisement. You know why? Because we go to lunch with three other guys. That's true. So, so, so yeah. okay. So it says here, GT and Steve, please call the Cucina Deli. And he's giving an address. And talk to Dean. Order whatever you want for lunch and have it delivered. <laughs> oh, it was Dean. I thought it said Vinny. No, no, no. Then, well, Vinny might have liked it. Yeah, Vinny liked it. Yeah, yeah. There it is. Yeah, actually, uh, Tom and Vinny both liked it, and I know they're both from Oz. So, well, I would like to know if uh, Dean likes it. Uh, well, I, I'm going to presume that you know. Listen, Andy's got connections. We'll just leave it at that. So. All right. Well. Okay. Andy's got connections, and I'm about to have an uh, Italian sub. So. All right. Uh, well, I, I don't know. I've never been to the Cucina Deli. Yeah, so. I've heard the name, though. Well, to check it. well thank you, Andy. Um, thank appreciate you. Appreciate the, uh, the very kind uh, gesture. The, he's been with us from the start, too. That's a fact. You know, he's on a short list of people who've uh, stuck with us from the start. So. <laughs> uh, I think it's a short list. It might it's, be a, it's just ever the three of us. It's a, it, I, I wouldn't be surprised. So <laughs> the list gets shorter all the time. So, um <laughs> yeah we got anything else that uh no you know what um we you and i talked about it a little bit before the show but we've got a, a guy i think we're gonna bring in just for uh you know as a guest named brett who does a lot of the beginner classes yeah. at the eastern center brett's so. awesome brett works at the eastern archery center and um if it's if it's something with a beginner he's dealt with it yeah so we're thinking and we'll we'll uh we'll designate this on the facebook we'll we'll post up hey send us your beginner questions you know whether you're a beginner yourself or whether you are teaching beginners and we'll whatever. get brett to uh yeah we'll, we'll brett bring brett in and talk stuff. about some of that yeah does so he, does he know you volunteered him for the podcast yeah i, I told him oh he's good coming in. all right good. we'll go there we'll go do it in the library there. all right oh better yeah. still yeah much better digs. Yes. We're borrowing Gary's office for this. and Yeah, it's really hot in here. I don't know how he... It is. I don't know and how Gary always here. wears like a sweater vest, long sleeves, and these lights are just beating down on me. Yeah, I'm sporting the... Uh, you got a nice fleece on. I do, but boy, it's a little bit too much for this room. What is that? Mountain hardware? No, Patagonia? A, no, it's a, it's a... It's cool. Ah, it's cool. It's a cool. It's very cool. As in KU. K-U-H-L. H-L. So there's a, there's a product plug for somebody that pays me nothing. Yeah, our buddy Andy, who, thanks for giving me your old bad computer. Yeah. And he left and went to cool. But I pay full retail for my cool stuff. <laughs> I, I don't bother Andy with that, because you know one of the things about cool uh, is you have to start at the reception desk and work your way through every job in the company for a few days at a time until you finally make it to the job you're actually designated for, which is a high management job in his case. I kind of like that. I'm not sure he's there yet. <laughs> <laughs> it, takes, it takes you four years. No, Andy's an awesome guy, and... Uh, if you, I don't think he listens to the podcast, but if I he, if he does, it. well, Andy, shout out for you. I'm, I'm doing my part for your retirement by paying full price for my cool stuff. Yes, and I will gladly pay a steeply discounted price if it's in tall size. Okay, fair enough. I think that just about wraps up the podcast for this uh, event. Yeah. I believe that you're headed uh, out to pack up your stuff and head off to Mary Green, beautiful Emerald Isle of Ireland. Yep. 
Uh, Linda going on this trip or not? Yep. Yes, she is. So, did you guys work out some kind of a plan for some golf or anything? Or uh, well, our hotel is next to a golf course. Oh, come on! You're not going to go and not play golf. Here's what I figure: I'll take my golf clubs, and I either won't get to use them because I'll be in the final, which or, is a good problem, or I won't be in the final, so I'll go play golf. Look for social media posts from Steve Anderson during the World Field Championships at Steve Anderson eight eight on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook.com slash Big Cat Archery. And our email address for questions directly to the podcast. Podcast at EastonTP.com. And our Facebook page is It is now Easton target archery right so if we broke your link when we changed it from the stupidly named easton archery target to easton target archery just type in facebook backslash easton archery easton target archery well you did it too yeah <laughs> well it's been years you know. yeah easton target archery will get you to our facebook page and uh and you can again you can reach steve through his facebook and you can occasionally get a hold of me through the easton facebook page the easton target archery Facebook page for myself, George Tekmachov, and Steve the Big Cat Anderson. End of show. End of show.